0: Howdy, doing all right, mostly, mostly, okay, good, awesome, good, so I have a joke for Uh, y'all, there's a little mixed reaction in there, like, all right, so there was a man who uh, walked into a bar, and he had his dog with him, and uh, the barkeep behind the counter sees him come up, sit down on a stool, and the dog sits on a stool next to him, and the, and the barkeep says, I can't have you here with your dog. That's not allowed. And the man says, but you don't understand. This is a special dog. And he says, okay, what's so special about this dog? And, and, the, bar, and the man sitting there says, he can talk. He is a talking dog. And, they, and he says, okay, fine. Show me, prove to me that this dog can talk. And so the man sits there. He says, oh, got it, done. Fido? What do you find on top of a house? And so Fido looks up and says, Roof! And the barkeep looks at him and said, I am not going, this is ridiculous, get out. And the man says, but, but, but he talked, I told you he talked. He's like, no, get out, this is not okay, take your dog and go. And the man, forlorn, walks out, the dog's following behind him, he goes down the road, and he looks at the dog, And the dog looks up at him and says, maybe I should have said asphalt shingles. (laughs) Go in peace. Serve the Lord. There we go. Okay. And there we go. Okay. With that is that oftentimes, uh, oh, and by the way, uh, Lynn Schmaltz said that uh, 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 he might have been speaking in tongues. I don't know. I didn't figure out how to fit that one in there, but that's for you, Lynn. Okay. With that, though, is oftentimes mocking and and making fun can oftentimes become a part of our culture. It's a part of what we feel we're supposed to do in our everyday life. It is something that we consider to be normal. Now, over the generations, different people have gotten their news in different ways. So, one generation might have gotten their news of the world around them by the radio. And then the next generation may have gotten their news from the television. But more and more, young people, millennials and Gen Z, are beginning to get their news from talk show hosts. So basically, between The Daily Show and Colbert and Last Week Tonight and everything else in between, is that if the news is not making fun of someone or something, then they're not really interested in tuning in regularly. And this is actually a huge part of what we do in our everyday life as Western Americans. And, 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 and there's sometimes, you know, where you can have like some good-natured fun with people a little bit, so I certainly hope. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much the source of our friendship. but. With that also is, you know, like for example, uh, back when Guardians of the Galaxy came out and they kept talking about how the main character, Peter Quill, thought that David Hasselhoff was his dad. So he always had a picture of Knight Rider in his wallet and he's like, that's my dad. Uh, And David Hasselhoff loved it and on the second movie ended up making a cameo appearance. So David Hasselhoff, Mr. Knight Rider, Baywatch, whatever else in between, German singing star, enjoyed getting to poke fun at himself. And that can oftentimes be really good-natured and helpful. What is not as good-natured is that we live in a world where we are supposed to mock anyone and everyone, even to the point where I'm 41 years old and I have never known a sitting president that someone did not joke about wishing they were dead. And the thing is that whatever it is that we do or don't agree with, to wish that the leader of your country were no longer breathing, something seems wrong about that. And the thing is that we're looking right now at these Psalms because as Pastor Tyler mentioned is that oftentimes whenever we start the year off and we want to read through the Bible and we've got Genesis, Exodus, I think y'all are in Leviticus right now because mine is and that one's rough. So taking a break and looking at the Psalms is not only a way of being able to understand the encouragement that God gives us, but also because the Psalms are a way of expressing things that we don't always express. And see, Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 were deliberately moved to the front of the Psalms because they're meant to introduce us to all 150 Psalms. Because the first one is talking about how we obey and listen to the Torah, the law of God. And the second one is talking about the coming of the Messiah who lives it out perfectly. And the thing is that oftentimes when we look at these Psalms, it's very easy to kind of stop at the easier ones. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Hey, I'm a pretty nice guy, I'm not wicked. Okay, I got one. All right, good. Let's see. Let's see what else we got on here. Nor stands in the way of sinners. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure I've made mistakes from time to time, but I'm okay. I'm okay. Let's say I've got two out of two right there, and then then the third one is basically like, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Well, two out of three ain't bad. And we realize is that oftentimes we jump over these because. We don't realize that the very things that we have been going through are the same things that people have been doing for centuries, for millennia. You see, we can't just blame our sense of making fun of anyone and everything on the internet as much as we want to. See, I have seen The Muppet Show. I know that in the 70s, there were these two older guys sitting in the balcony named Statler and Waldorf who would make fun of anyone and everything up there. And There was no internet at the time. And, and they'd be like, "Oh, that sketch, that was a medium sketch. What do you mean that was a medium sketch? It wasn't rare and it's not well done. Ah! I did not get it as a kid. I kind of get it now, maybe. I don't know. But the thing is that wherever we're at, whether we're looking at the biblical times or the times of Shakespeare or the times of the Muppet Show or even the internet today, is that mocking people can be a major part of what gives us a sense of identity. You see, it allows us to sit above people in a sense. It's like we're in our own little balcony looking down and being able to see all the people that we think so little of And it allows us to feel like we are above them because we can mock them and it can distract others from mocking us. Because as long as we get somebody else first, it distracts before they can get us. You see, that's the thing oftentimes is we think we're always making a point. We love making a point. We love getting that one little get So as long as we say it at the right time and get other people to laugh, oh, that means I won. You can't talk anymore. You have nothing left to say because I got a really good dig in and everybody laughed and now you look silly and I do not. And even realizing that that ended up coming out even when I was at seminary. See, one of the first classes I got to take, it was this uh, pastoral theology class and the teacher basically had us read a whole bunch of mainstream christian books like purpose-driven life and becoming a contagious christian if if it were today i'm sure it would be your best life now and he had us read all these things and and you know being the good lutheran pastors we were we could sit there and tell you what was wrong with all of those books and Everybody turned in their little three-page paper discussing how Purpose Driven Life was this terrible book and it was horrible. And then everybody got a C because the point was not to find out what was wrong with it. The point was to figure out why so many people were reaching out for these books and what it was about them that was speaking to them. The thing is that we were spending so much time trying to feel better than them, because we didn't have a book, and they did, but even beyond that, sometimes those lessons don't really sink in. Um, I used to teach geometry, uh, you know because I like torturing children with math um, with that though, I frankly, I love math. I know somebody who became a math teacher because she said she wasn 't good at math, and I 'm like, "I do not understand you at all, but with that is I would teach geometry and one day i wasn't able to get to my regular barber and the person who cut my hair didn't trim my eyebrows and i was like those things are turning into bushes up there come on help me out here and so i thought well i've got clippers i'll go ahead and take care of that so i put the little guard on the clippers and i went Zhoot! and there was only one eyebrow Where'd the other one go? And I had cut it so short, you could barely, it was like light, it was like blonde. And then I'm like, well, you gotta even them out. So there I go into class, and I'm sitting there with like no eyebrows. And then it's first period class, which is geometry. And then all of a sudden, this one kid just busts out laughing. He just can't stop. And it's like, everyone's like, what's going on? And he's like, Jason, where are your eyebrows? Oh, it, he, was, he was having the best morning at that point. And so, of course, I had to just look him straight in the eye and said, yeah, but I still get more dates than you do. Yeah. Yep. As soon as it came out, One of those things. See, I was so insecure at that moment in time that I needed somebody else to take the fall. And so I made sure that I threw it out there as fast as I could so that nobody, and nobody said anything about my eyebrows the rest of the day. I also don't know if I ever recovered that relationship with that student. I hope I did. The thing with it is that oftentimes we are trying so hard to look at these passages and say, oh, well, this says the seed of scoffers because it says don't make fun of God. And in reality, when we see that he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither, do we really want to eat fruit from an ugly tree? The thing is that If we are truly reaching and having the water of God, the living water changing us, then why is it that the things that come out of us are hurtful to the people around us? And more than that, how long would it take before I could finally tell that student about Jesus and he actually believes me about a loving God? See, that's the thing about this. When it says, in all that he does, he prospers. This isn't about always trying to be the winner or always trying to have the last laugh. It's about something deeper. You see, when we look at our passage from the Beatitudes, and it says, blessed are you who are poor. He wasn't making fun of the poor. He wasn't mocking them. He was genuinely saying, you are blessed. Your life matters. At a time when being poor could possibly even mean that you didn't even have a life to live in your community. And there's Jesus saying, no, you're the one that's blessed. And even going on, blessed are you who are hungry now. That was a thing back then. That's not us saying, oops, I only had one donut for breakfast. I guess I'm really ready for lunch now. That's when people may have gone days and didn't know where their meal was. And there's Jesus, not mocking them, but looking them in the eye and saying, I see you. I see you. And I'm not here to mock you. I'm here to tell you you're blessed. And why was it that they were blessed? And, and what stood out to me, I was, I was watching a, a, a video clip. I, I saw something with, uh, with Stephen Colbert. This this last week, and he was interviewing Dua Lipa. Apparently, that's a singer. I don't know. Is that is that a singer? Okay, okay. She's willing to admit it. She's not even gonna look me in the eye. Okay, got it. All right. So with that, is there was this singer, and I remembered her because she was on this like soft drink commercial or something, and she was like dancing and became a cartoon character, and I was like, okay, whatever. That seems kind of silly. Okay, whatever. And so I see them, and it's like Stephen Colbert, who makes his his money off of uh, you know, making fun of life and people, and then Dua Lipa who became a cartoon character. I don't know. And I'm like, what am I even seeing here? And Dua Lipa, essentially just on syndicated national television on CBS, says, Stephen, how do you see your faith overlapping with your job? And in six minutes. Stephen Colbert discusses the idea that death is not the end and doesn't have the final say in our world. And I sat there stunned at realizing that he had just connected with the gospel in front of everybody, right when I wasn't taking him seriously. See, that's the thing, is that oftentimes we're trying so hard to make ourselves feel better, that we miss out on the fact that God is doing amazing things in and around us, even through the very people that we belittle to feel better about ourselves. Even at the times whenever we think that something could not possibly be worthwhile if it comes from this person, that person, and yet if God himself could speak through Balaam's donkey, Then he can speak through anyone and everyone, no matter how ridiculous we think they might be. And that's the thing about the Beatitudes, and why it speaks to us about Psalm one, is that if we stop spending all of our time trying to make fun of anyone and everyone, that we might pause long enough to realize that we're the ones who keep feeling insecure. We're the ones who feel poor. We're the ones who feel empty. We're the ones who are looking for something to satisfy us. And we're loved by a God who does give us everything. A God who says, I could mock you from now until eternity, but instead I'm going to send my son for you. Instead of leaving you in this place, I am going to bring you to myself. And that ends up changing us, who we are and what we stand for. Because now our worth doesn't come from whether or not we got enough of a dig but rather because somebody who was up on high looked down and didn't mock us, but instead loved us. And so as we realize that who we are in Christ is where the true joy comes from, then we realize we are all in that place because if we think that we're rich, then we've ignored our true wealth. And if we think we are full, then we are not receiving what God has intended. And if we laugh, then we miss out on those who weep and who need us to weep with them. And so as I close, I was definitely humbled the last few weeks because I had a couple different instances where I said something mockingly and realized that it could very well have ruined things for me. And I had one friend who said something and I came back with what I saw was a witty comeback and it genuinely hurt my friend. And I had to pause and go back and this friend of mine finally just had to say, I I know who you are as a person, so I had to believe that there was more to it than that. And then later on, saying something in jest to another person who said, knowing who you are, I know how you meant that. And that's the thing about this, is that who we are in Christ comes out in all the things we say and do. And so as much as it feels satisfying in that moment to get the last word or to say something edgy, the real worth and the real hope comes because we are just as needy as they are. And we have been saved just as much as they are. So instead of looking at how to push people down to feel better about ourselves, how can we lift them up the same way that Christ lifted us up and brought us out of the grave? Thanks be to God.